Hello, everyone, and welcome to our sixth episode of KPMG in Canada's State of Crypto Assets podcast series. Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind our new listeners to also check out episodes one through five of our series because we've been busy. Now, I'm pleased to welcome back Kareem Sadek and welcome John Armstrong and Ken Vegas, who are both making their first appearance on the podcast, and we certainly welcome their fresh new perspectives. To start off, could each of you introduce yourself and your role at KPMG? Kareem, since you're a Podbytes veteran, we'll start with you. Thanks, Adam. I like I like the Pod, Podbytes veteran. I'm certainly not a veteran, but since you said that, maybe maybe we'll do this full-time when we're done with this. We'll, we'll, we'll look into that. Um, it's certainly so Kareem Sadek, I'm a partner in our risk consulting advisory practice. Uh, I co-lead our crypto and blockchain practice here at KPMG. And uh, as usual, very excited to be uh, talking to you today. Thanks, Adam. Uh, it's very exciting to be here. My name is Kenneth Vegas. I'm a consultant within our advisory practice, supporting our crypto asset as well as enterprise blockchain um, initiatives. And uh, thanks, thanks, Adam. John Armstrong here. So uh, I'm uh, our national industry lead for financial services in Canada, and I also sit on our global financial services leadership team. So great to be here. Thank you, everyone. Although your reputations certainly precede your introductions, let's jump right into our first question of the day. To what extent have banks adopted crypto assets? John, can you please start us off? And then Ken and Kareem, jump in as you see fit. Yeah, sure. I, obviously, it's very emerging, but uh, I think we're already seeing a fair bit of progress. Let me start on the back end. I think you're seeing some interesting things around some banks developing stable coins, which is really a tokenization of client deposits to facilitate payments. So there's a lot happening in that kind of back end that's really not seen by clients. Um, also, Central Bank uh, Digital Currencies, Bank of Canada, Project Jasper was looking at how crypto assets could be used to facilitate particularly cross-border payments. So that's one piece of it. On the other side, we're starting to see clients demand crypto asset services from their banks, and they're starting to slowly adapt to their traditional offerings for the crypto asset market. Um, you know, We're gonna see new services from these institutions, and that's gonna help the industry mature. So in wealth management, you know, now that Canada has regulated investment products with crypto asset ETFs, and we were really the first to do that, uh, advisors can allocate to crypto assets on their client's behalf, help them with those strategies, estate planning, tax strategy, all those things are kind of on the table in terms of things that banks will start to offer in terms of services. John, that's great. Uh, and we've seen in the news lately that we, there are quite a few companies um, looking to go public. And part of uh, the banking role is to uh, provide underwriting um, services, which includes underwriting debt and equity transactions for companies in the crypto asset space. Um, this will apply to miners and brokerages. These transactions can range from raising more capital through debt or going public on the stock market. Uh, banks can also play a role as a market maker for crypto asset e ETFs. This is going to involve them holding Bitcoin as part of the contribution process to create new shares. You know, that's interesting. And it sounds like crypto assets are slowly being adopted by banks in Canada. Kareem, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think we'd only see adoption of crypto increase among banks in Canada. And on this note, are there lessons that Canada can learn from other countries when it comes to banking and crypto assets? Yeah, I mean, in short, in short, the answer is, is yes, absolutely, of course. And I'll give you a few examples. Uh, but I think we, we need to remember that we're starting to see, although a little bit slower, 
sort of a favorable regulatory environment in Canada. So I'm very enthusiastic and I'm very optimistic in terms of what's what's to come in Canada. But to answer your question, so maybe I'll start off with uh, our friends uh, uh, to our south. Uh, maybe I'll talk about the U.S. So we've certainly seen crypto-friendly regulations from the OCC, so the U.S. banking regulator. They're starting to allow their banks to provide custody services as well as interface with stablecoins, which John just talked about. So that's definitely something that we're seeing in the U.S. And we're even seeing some of the several, actually, crypto organizations that have received federal banking charters, which is incredible to me as I think through it, these maybe when we started talking about crypto and seeing what's happening. So federal banking charters, and we've seen some of that as an example in the state of Wyoming. So that's that's great to see. And I think that's something that we can aspire to here in Canada and look forward to in Canada. But it, it's not just the US. I, I wanna say that there's adoption from banks in many, many countries. Uh, there's some use cases that we've heard about a while ago in, in uh, United Arab Emirates, there are other countries like Singapore, Japan, and there are various activities, right? There's there's a lot for us to look forward to when it comes to, to banking and learning from others. And those range from trading uh, to custody. So many things to look forward to and quite frankly, a lot to learn from others. Yeah, Kareem, I think that's right. You know, in Canada, we've seen relatively less adoption uh, by banks is there's less regulatory clarity. Uh, you mentioned in the US, there's a little more regulatory clarity around some of these services. So, you know, the hope and, and the trend is that we see uh, a little more clarity that hopefully mirrors what we're seeing from OCC for crypto custody, for example. So uh, having said that, Canada is already proactive in other areas of regulation, such as ETFs and the regulatory sandbox for crypto startups. So we're seeing some good progress for sure. Certainly optimistic signs, if I've ever heard of any. So we talked a little bit about crypto adoption at Canadian banks and what that looks like today, as well as some of the best practices that we could learn from the U.S. And I think I'd like to now take a look forward, if you will. Ken, what could future crypto asset banking services in Canada look like? In the future, I would love to see banks custody their clients' crypto assets alongside their other investments and savings accounts. In my opinion, I believe this is coming, as we've seen several, several banks already begin their journey. I understand that this process is going to require significant technological adoption, and the infrastructure to support custody is quite complex. We've seen several, several approaches in the market, ranging from acquiring crypto custodians to using white-labeled services provided by those custodians. We may even see banks offer investment products that capture yield and other opportunities within the decentralized finance or DeFi sector of crypto assets. Well, that certainly does sound like an exciting future. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's episode. Thank you so much to our participants for making the time to be here today. Join us next time on KPMG in Canada's Podbyte series on the state of crypto assets when Kareem, Ken, and I will welcome back Mitch Nicholson for a discussion on insurance and crypto assets. Bye, everybody.